0: To Arizona State. Right. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils with Jeremy Schnell, Jesse Morrison, and Mitch Borelles, an Arizona Sports podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome into another edition of State of the Sun Devils alongside Jesse Morrison. I'm Jeremy Schnell. Special guest today, Coach Kenny Dillingham. Thank you so much for joining us, Coach.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
1: So, Coach, uh, let's get in right, right away to what's going on in your program. A lot of transfers coming in, uh, you know, all these people coming in. You, you look at the transfer portal and all the websites and stuff. You see all these stars next to the players' names. People don't know who these kids are, so can you tell us who some of these kids are and and let us get to know them a little bit?
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot, so I'll I'll just pick a few. Obviously, one is Cole Martin, who played uh, his high school football at Basha. Uh, you know, top 200 kids signed out of Oregon, and he's a freshman and, and came back. So, I mean, that's one. I mean, Sam Levitt, quarterback, played at Michigan State this last year, came back or uh, came here to compete for the the job here this year. Uh, I mean, there's 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 a lot. So, sure. I mean, I think through and through, I think it's really hard for those ratings of, of a transfer to be accurate. It's a lot easier to rate high school kids when you have time to, to really, uh, you know, for the, the rating sites to look through and dive deep into all of them. The transfers, that's every kid in college football that'd have to be rating constantly. That's a lot of people. So it's a lot more us just vetting those guys and, and combining their collegiate tape and, and uh, seeing which guys fit. And last couple
2: of years before you got here, there were some, you know, there I would probably describe it as a mass exodus from the program. This year, transfer portal-wise, haven't seen that. Just how have you been
0: able to keep a lot of these guys here at arizona state yeah i mean there's been four guys that have left our program that have gone power five that's it four and uh, we brought in over 20 that had power five offers from other places so that tells you the transfer uh you know positive that came from us this year and i think it's just treating people right if you treat people right you treat people fair you're honest with people they want to play for you and they trust you so i just think treating people right. That's the secret sauce. And, you know, we didn't have a great year last year in year one, we were building the culture and establishing things. You know, when I say great year, I mean, from a random person's perspective, when they look at the record, but we still get to put together the classes we did, because when they talk to our players, our players sell our vision, our players sell our plan, our players sell us. And I think that's the key to any successful program is when your players are selling you.
1: Getting, going back to getting to know these kids a little bit, I think what I'm gathering from what you're saying is you're getting the right guys that will invest themselves and embed themselves into your system, not only uh, like on the field, but like mentally and, and be there, be leaders on and off the field, correct?
0: 100%. I mean, there was some guys that we brought in who their number one goal was to get theirs and go pro. And I did not, we did not take their commitments. Those aren't the type of people we want. Winning is you're either a multiplier or you're a divider. So I want people who are multipliers. I want people who walk into the building and they make everybody around them better. So if I have a guy who's better than you know an A player and then a B-plus player, player, but the A player is a divider and the B-plus player is a multiplier, yeah, this player may be a little better, but if you give me a whole room of B-plus players, players that are multipliers, they all turn into A players. And if you give me a whole room of A players that are dividers, they become B players. And we're looking to get a whole bunch of players that are multipliers and make each other better.
2: Uh, Relique Brown coming over from USC, really good freshman year, versatile guy. Just what can you tell ASU fans about him and
0: what they're getting in him? Let's get your popcorn ready because he's uh, he's fun to watch. Uh, He's dynamic. He's explosive. Go back to watching him in high school. In his freshman year, they're just dynamic play after dynamic play after dynamic play when the ball's in his hands. So be ready for him to be all over the field. He's a running back for our system, very similar to when we had Kenny Gainwell and Tony Pollard, those types of roles going way back to when I was at Memphis. That's how I see him.
1: Uh, In terms of the linebackers that you brought in, you guys brought in a couple of guys that were leading tacklers on their teams. How important was that to you to get guys who have uh, not familiarity, but like – You know, they played it at the college level and excelled at the college level.
0: Yeah, both those guys, one was a team captain, the other won his team MVP award. Sure. So when you're bringing in a team captain uh, who led his team in tackles and a team MVP, the overall team MVP, uh, naturally, they're going to be better than what their tape shows. Going back to what I just said about being a multiplier is there's a reason he was a captain. There's a reason he was uh, the team MVP is they make people around him better. So you watch the tape and you say, man, that dude, the, both of them were the leading tacklers on their team and their multipliers in your program. Holy cow. What can they bring? Not just on the field, but how much can they make everybody around him better? And uh, both those kids can do that.
2: Uh, the bowl season and everything, there was just so much talk this year of the transfer portal and opt-outs and all that stuff. I still watched a ton of them. I had fun watching them. I went to the Fiesta Bowl Had a good time there. Um, just overall, though, would you change anything about like when the portal opens or... Or any of that kind of stuff. Um, do you know? So maybe that these these bowl games don't have as many, you know, I guess backups playing or, or you know, players that are in the portal.
0: I mean, I, I don't have a, a solution. There's every solution creates another problem. Uh, so you can have as many solutions as you want, but it's going to create a different problem. And, uh, I mean, to me, the only solution is moving the season up uh, a couple weeks. That way you get done with, you know, everything before the new year. That way the portal opens and school second semester hasn't started. But then you don't get the TV dollars of playing football over the holidays, which is what everybody wants. So that doesn't solve that problem either. So I don't have a good solution because, like I said, every solution or most solutions are going to create another problem. It's really just a matter of what problem are you okay with having. Uh, and what negative of the change are you okay with having? Because you're going to have to give on something, and it's just a matter of what uh, what we're willing to give on. To me, every decision should be made about the student athlete, not the coaches. Coaches make a lot of money. I know a lot of coaches will hate me for saying it, but it's not about our lifestyle. It's not about how much we work. It don't don't do it. Trust me. There's a lot of people who want to do what we do. <laughs> it should. Be, everything should be about how we help the student athlete, not about what affects the coach's time frame and how difficult our job is, Uh, we have a great job. So everything should be about student-athlete.
1: One of the first things you said after the Arizona game was that you were going to go and fundraise. That was one of the first things you you were going to do um, once the season was over. Where are you guys with fundraising, and uh, can you just give us an update on where that is? Yeah,
0: we are significantly better. People have stepped up. People in the Valley have stepped up. Uh, The masses have started to step up. Uh, you know, the big donors have started to step up. It's been a combination of people starting to step up. And, you know, I think one thing people forget is, you know, it's the power of numbers that makes this school so special to me. It's, you know, being one of the largest institutions in the country that really makes it have a chance to be something special. So everybody... Uh, everybody matters, everybody counts. Whether you give $10 a month, whether you don't give a dollar, whether you show up to every game, whatever you choose to do to get involved in the program, it all matters, it's all important. So if you can give, give. If you can't, show up. If If you can't do either, turn the game on TV so when the tweets come out about TV ratings, you know we're higher on the list so we can tell recruits people want to watch us. (laughs) Whatever you can do, show support for the program at the highest level you can.
2: Sam Levitt, you brought him in, quarterback uh, for Michigan State. Um, Just what can you tell people about him, and just how much does he have a shot uh, going up against Jaden Rashada in this quarterback competition?
0: Yeah, it's an open competition. I told them both that. So how much do you have a shot? Just as much as anybody else on our team. Um, He's a good athlete. He's smart. He's bigger than people give him credit for. He's got a strong arm. He throws the ball off platform well. Um, and he wants to be great, and he's not scared of competition. So it's a really good combination. I mean, him and Jaden and Trenton were all told the same thing. We're going to bring in people to compete for the starting job, and uh, it's going to be an open competition, point blank. didn't flinch. Sorry, Coach, didn't read that. Oh, you're fine.
1: um, Last one from me. I just wanted to know, you know, obviously there's a search going on for a new athletic director. Have you been asked about sort of your input on, or do you know what you want to see in the next athletic director here at the university?
0: Yeah, I know for me when it comes to the time that, you know, they you know get to the point of hiring an athletic director and and researching people i know they're gonna uh, get me involved or at least i would hope to some extent uh, and i believe they will Uh, i don't think it's to that point yet so i don't have much uh, knowledge about it Uh, i want to see somebody who wants to come in here and make this place a top tier athletic institution who has knows what it takes to take this place to the next level who's willing to go out there and, and you know Work tireless nights and do what's necessary uh, to bring this place to the next level. Whoever that guy is, that's what I support, and somebody who's a good person on top of it all.
2: I have one more. It's a fun one. Going back to bowl season, um, if you had the pick between getting the mayo dumped on you (laughs) or eating the edible Pop-Tart, or I believe the Holiday Bowl this year had eggnog dumped on top of uh, Lincoln Riley, which uh, of those
0: would you choose? Well, I mean, clearly I would eat the Pop-Tart. <laughs> I mean, I don't want mayo dumped on me. <laughs> I mean, that's a, if it was ranch dressing dumped on me, <laughs> if there was like a ranch bowl, I'd be all about which would make too much sense for a, a ranch to have a ranch bowl, right? I would be all about having the ranch dumped wow. on me. i put ranch on everything.
1: Uh, coach, I, I know a ranch were, there were only three options there, but I feel like you would still choose to lift that college football playoff trophy at the end of the
0: day. <laughs> I, I would, but uh, you know, for me, me like i told our guys this last week uh you know i knew we were in trouble last year when we set goals that were based off of outcomes not goals that were based off of daily living and we wanted to win championships and we wanted to do all this and that and that's not what great teams do great teams have a process and how we define success in our program is being the very best at what you can do all the time all the time that's our goal that should be everybody's goal in our entire team what do you want to achieve this year i want to be the very best we can be I want to be the very best I can do today. And uh, that's really what I'm looking for this year. That's what I'm looking for today, tomorrow, is I want our guys to be the very best version of themselves right now at whatever they're doing.
1: Coach, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, and good luck as you continue on the road in this Transfer Portal uh, era.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Thanks,
1: Thanks, Coach. Thanks again to Coach Dillingham for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, We know his time's really busy, and actually he's getting surgery today as we are recording this, so... um, We're sending our best wishes to Coach Dillingham when he goes through surgery today. Yeah. Um, Also now joining us is our other co-host, Mitch Fereldis. He was in the middle of working when Coach Dillingham kindly came in and joined us i'm sorry that you had to miss that mitch but we're happy to have you now i was gonna say
3: through the magic of editing it feels like this is the same day so we're recording this on the exact no i'm just kidding we're recording this the next day of the wednesday morning reacting to this i wore kind
2: of the same thing today so that it would look like it was the same Show, But, you know, <laughs> uh, we're obviously telling the audience that that interview was pre-recorded. So. What, wait, really?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, here, here's what I'll say, Mitch, and I want to get your thoughts on this because we kind of talked about it yesterday off air. Uh, Coach Dillingham kind of went through what his, you know, number one ideal thing would be for an athletic director. And it's to help the university move forward into this kind of new era, not necessarily of... Uh, NIL and everything, but just this new era of college football and college sports overall. I kind of wanted to get your take on where you see ASU going in this athletic director search. Where I see him going? Um, Hopefully in a... This is going
3: to sound like a lame answer, but hopefully in a positive direction, first and foremost. In a direction of... Someone who's excited for the task ahead of their first major job being integrating their athletic programs into a brand new conference in their very first year. And someone who can still embrace what ASU has laid the groundwork for, which is a really strong Olympic sport and Olympic sports in general being really, really strong. Like, yes, We want the football program and the basketball program to take major precedent going forward and get the support that it needs, including from the people in the executive offices. But I still want to see the success out of the, you know, the swimming and diving team, out of the gymnastics team, out of the volleyball team. That was an awesome run that they got to go on this past year. Track and field and cross country has been a major success for ASU as well. As long as you can maintain that while also elevating
2: the programs that need to be elevated, that's what would make me happy. And while I have said uh, in the past that I do not care as much about the academic thing as uh, I used to or as, as the university does with the student-athletes, um, that opinion has definitely changed. Um, Aaron Rodgers because uh, I really want ASU to continue to be a uh, you know excellent university and I hope that the student athletes can get a good education so I hope that the athletic director continues to care about that and then obviously NIL they gotta they gotta care about NIL they gotta care about you know embracing you just gotta embrace it if you hate it you still gotta embrace it
1: Uh, Jesse I I wanted to talk about this later but uh, Aaron Rodgers Loser, <laughs> absolute loser. I'm, I'm just gonna come just
2: uh I mean, just stop. Uh, just why? Why does ASU keep our name out your mouth? Uh, why does ASU? Why would I go Will Smith there? i don't know uh just just asu is a good academic university it's not harvard it's not stanford but it's a really really good academic university and you can look up so many different rankings obviously where we went to school, number one in innovation yep number one in innovation but obviously where we went to school uh the cronkite school one of the best journalism programs in the country business school is really good law school is really good um I could. The list goes on and on. I think the the teachers college has been doing very well. Um, the engineering program, like it's a it's a large state public research university that does really good work. And like the party school vibes, like I really didn't. I I, I grew up near Virginia Tech. Every time I would go up to a Virginia Tech game, uh, it would be a nuts party scene. I would see it walking to the games. Um, I never got that vibe at ASU. Obviously, you could go find it if you want it, but. Every school has that um, option if you really want to.
1: And Mitch, as we get into the football transfer portal talks, uh, we're going to go over some of these players and and their stats. But uh, something that we talked to Coach Dillingham yesterday about is that they're getting the right people into this program. Not necessarily the right players to fit his scheme or to fit on the field, but... People that want to be here and people that are invested.
3: Something fascinating, too, that he said when he was on with Burns and Gamba yesterday was because he was asked about the balance between going after guys through the transfer portal versus just actually recruiting guys out of high school. Because the common misconception, I think, when it comes to the transfer portal is they're only getting a guy for a year or they're getting a guy who wants that last opportunity at glory or draft stock or whatever. So they're only going to be there for a season. No, think about the guys that Kenny's brought in through the transfer portal. They have two, three, and some even four years of eligibility remaining. And I think that gets overlooked easily when just base talking about the transfer portal. But that's one of the big things that Kenny has succeeded in, is bringing in guys through the transfer portal that are also going to be at Arizona State for
1: a good amount of years to help build this program up. Into the Big 12. ASU currently sits 15th in the transfer class, according to 24 7. Let's go down the list of a few guys Cole Martin, Parker Lewis, Miles Ghost Rouser from uh, New Mexico State University, Joshua Atkins, Jacob. Oh, Jesse. What? Concaiga. Okay, yeah, again, coming here from U of A. Forks up. We got him. <laughs> and uh, Roman Petrie. And then, of course, Jeff Clark. Yeah, those are all the guys that they added like
2: since we've recorded last, I believe. Um, Cole Martin's the big one. The, yeah, Cole Martin is the big one. I'm uh, also excited about Parker Lewis, but Cole Martin is really the big one. Uh, he played, I believe, in every single game for Oregon this year. Um, Fourteen. Yeah, 14 games for Oregon this year. He had an interception. He had I believe 21 tackles. Um I can click on it. I have it right here. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean he's just a really talented kid. Um it's activating the Valley. He's a Valley guy. Um I'm really I'm really impressed with you know Dillingham being able to get him uh when you know he could have stayed at Oregon, it didn't look like he was struggling to find playing time up there. And then Parker Lewis, you've got to have a good kicker. You know we've seen so many times that these quote unquote college kickers come in and don't do uh, a good job and can't make long kicks. It's tough to kick at the college level because of the hash marks. Um, and this kid was solid when he kicked at USC, so. I'm excited again, and and another again activating the Valley local kids. So those are the two that really stood out to me of this kind of this week of who we saw him bring in. And I don't I don't know if there's any more people that any more players that he's going to bring in, but so far so good. And 15th nationally, there's 128 programs, so that's awesome. <laughs> uh, Jacob Congaiga, right? Is
1: yep. that how you say it. Yep. Uh, he's a run stopping defense lineman, but he'd also get after the quarterback. Uh, Two sacks this past year, two tackles for loss, only 14 tackles, but doesn't tell the whole story. You know, run fits, all that stuff. I'm sure Kenny Dillingham can tell you about all that. Mitch, uh, overall, transfer portal, what do you think so far? Yeah, I, I agree with Jesse that Jacob Martin, or sorry, Cole
3: Martin, excuse me. Cole Martin's the one that sticks out the most to me in terms of just a guy that Kenny was able to get that not only fits the mold of a position that they need, He's like the immediate replacement for Jordan Clark, but he also fits the activate the valley mantra as a as a top recruit out of Basha. So it's really cool to see that he's continuing this model, especially this late into the getting guys through the transfer period because you can't put your name into the portal right now. There's another deadline that is coming up later. So the fact that Kenny was able to get all these guys in the early part of the uh, transfer portal opening, huge, in my opinion. And he got a lot of areas of need at the same time.
2: Yeah. And Parker Lewis, Saguaro, Cole Martin, Bash, as you said, Mitch. So again, activating the Valley and the transfer portal, at least we haven't necessarily seen it in the high school recruiting. But again, I don't really know if I really care that much about the high school recruiting, because if you see guys that have done it at the highest level, um, that is something that is way more encouraging to me than uh, people that are players that have come in from the high school level and aren't proven yet as as college players. And I'll
3: emphasize again, the transfers he's getting, they're not just going to be here for a, a season. They're going to be here for at least two, three, maybe for some, even four. So it kind of works in the same vein as getting somebody out of high school. But to your point, Jesse, they have the experience instead.
2: Yeah, and... Numbers, a lot of them. Numbers. Correct, yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, including Miles Rouser, who was a tackle monster last year at safety for um, New Mexico State. Um, let's talk about basketball now. Holy cow, guys. What is going on with this basketball team? 4-0 and start for the first time since 2007, Jesse.
2: Is that right? 2007? So, yes. ASU men's basketball is now uh, 4-0 and in the Pac-12. Um, that is the first time they have started four and zero in the Pac-10 slash Pac-12. It was since it was the Pac-12. So back in 2007, 2008, when James Harden the Beard was on the team, uh, was the last time that they did this. Um, so shocking, honestly shocking. Because first off, they had the two comebacks that was last week, and then this week I was I covered both games just not a 360 degree turn on offense but at least a 180 degree turn on offense like they look so much better offensively adam miller is really coming on jose perez is one of the weirdest basketball players i've ever watched in my life i don't understand him uh he'll
1: play a different game every single game he's out
2: there yes yes and he he like sometimes he's a guard, sometimes he plays like center at 6'4". <laughs> it makes no sense. And the, the players kind of talked to, uh, about that. I believe Adam Miller was the one that was like, yeah, it just doesn't look normal or whatever he said after the game. But yeah, it's just but I, I love him as a basketball player. It's He's just so versatile and it's it's really cool to see that they're blossoming on offense. Like They have potential. They have, And then Sean Phillips Jr. coming back, he has been such a key. It's only been... Um, off the bench in limited minutes but man has he looked good and then Bryant Salabange, when both of those guys uh Phillips and Gaffney got into foul trouble on Saturday he came in and was really good and really effective they still need to get better on the on the free throw shooting um but overall really excited about what what's going on here and i i hope that what happened in non-conference doesn't end up hurting them Because of the weak Pac-12, you know, when it comes around to Selection Sunday.
3: Well, I would say my concern is, to your point about the non-conference, a lot of the teams that they lost to in the non-conference were, uh, ranking-wise, better than them. And so far, the toughest opponent that they've played in this conference is Utah, right? And they got a really good win against Utah. The Colorado win, it looks good because of what Colorado's record was at the time. But I'll say, man, that game took years off of my life, especially in the second half when they had the 10 point lead at the uh, I think it was the second media timeout or so they had the 10 point lead and they just started missing shots. They couldn't get clean possessions on defense either. Colorado was just having their way. They were making their threes down the stretch. It was really starting to strain on me. But to your point about Bryant and his play down the stretch, that was very key Frankie is, is, he's becoming a steel machine. I saw a note from John Rothstein that said he has 10 steals in his last two games. And he now has more steals than he had all of last season to this point. Now, Frankie is, he's been key on defense for them.
2: They're so active. Um, defensively. It's really fun to see. And then, you know, honestly, I was kind of happy that Colorado made that run and ASU was able to withstand it. And, Here's why, because they've really withstood it by making six of eight free throws, which is 75% in the last like minute or so, or I think it was the last minute and four seconds of that game. They were six of eight from the free throw line and really were able to h- hang on in that game because of that. Yeah, that, if they made eight, it wouldn't have come down to the last possession of the game. Yeah, but, that, but, you're, but,
1: but then it 75% could,
2: is a really good percentage.
1: Good decision by Bobby Hurley to foul there up by three.
2: Yep. Yep, but again, a really good. You're not. It's not going to be eight for eight usually on a basketball team. Six for eight is really, you know, trending in the positive direction.
1: Yeah, and back to your point, Mitch, about uh, Frankie Collins. He's averaging three point one steals per game, and he's already he's shooting over forty five percent on the season. That's the best of his career if the season were to end today. So hey, he's getting to the basket and he's finishing at the rim, but he's also shooting the three like not terribly. Um, he's just got to continue to make those free throws if he's gonna be able if he's gonna be going to the basket a lot.
3: I think I even saw during the winning streak, um, forgive me for not having it up immediately, but I thought I saw that during this winning streak, he's shooting over fifty percent from the floor, which that's exactly what you want out of Frankie, right? Because we know that he's a really good defensive player, like really, really good. and we're seeing it a lot in these last two games. But the offense has always been, it's been there, and then it hasn't really been there for a couple of games. And then it goes back. It's really nice to see that he's playing very consistently well in these wins, and I hope that carries forward
1: into this next weekend when they take on the Washington schools. Only one Washington school, actually, this weekend. Yeah, just one. Just on Thursday. I I, I guess they're not playing Wazoo this year. I,
2: you know, I don't know. It's weird. uh, but they're, they're going to. Who made the schedule? I like it. I like it. This means that they get some rest. They get yes. some time off. They have guys that you know need to come back from injuries or, or personal reasons or whatever. Um, so, I just am hoping that this gives them some time off, and they can't blow it. Washington, not very good. They they've got to go in and beat this team on the road. They can't let this be you know a trap game. They can't think about that off time that they're going to be getting. This is a game that they have to win. One and three in the conference, Washington is. Yeah, so they've got to get this one done on Thursday.
1: Another 9 p.m. start locally here, but it'll be 8 p.m. up in Seattle. I love the
2: late starts. Yeah,
1: pay attention to that one. See how ASU fares, and then they'll have a little break before they play again next week against USC and UCLA. Is it too early for tournament talk, though, Mitch? Yes.
3: Sorry, I'm going to be the lame one and say it's a little too early to talk about tournament. Pac-12 tournament,
2: though? Um, they could be at least a top four. At least they've got to get a win over U of A if they want to make the tournament. That's what I'm going to say. One of two wins, um, and hopefully they get that win this year. Um, not on a almost full court heave. That would be that'd be great. I mean that that <laughs> yeah. was an awesome game, but still that would be a, a good way to um, get into the tournament as a nice convincing win. Maybe a ten point victory over U of A. Beat Oregon too, because that's the other team that you got to worry about so
1: far in conference play. Beat Oregon when you get the chance. I'm just so, in, you know, enthralled with this team. I, I had no idea that this was going to happen this year. I was skeptical coming into the season. Who's going to be the scorer? And so far, they look like a, a you know, a tournament team. To be honest, um, hockey. They're playing really well right now. They won the Desert Hockey Classic. They move up to a number 11. Finally getting over that hump of being the number 13 uh, team in the country for over a month. Uh, Now they got number 18, Cornell and Tempe this weekend. Jesse, it's going to be a tough, tough weekend.
2: Could you hope for a split? Or do you want I to win both? Got to win both. If you're seven spots above Cornell, I mean that's that's what your expectations got to be. I was talking to uh, Alex Coyle, uh, the broadcaster for uh, the, the color commentator for ASU hockey, and he was telling me that this uh, might be their toughest weekend left. So this is a big weekend for them to you know really solidify their spot, um, you know, going into the NCAA tournament. Um, and, you know, I hope that they can move into the top 10. that would be a huge thing for this program, for Greg Powers, um, and for, you know, just hockey in the desert as a whole. Um, I'll be there on Saturday. I'm planning on covering it. Um, so look out for the tweets from that uh, game. It's a great place to watch a game, too.
3: Again, if you've not been to Mullet Arena in the, what is it, a year and a half, almost two years now that it's been a standing Uh, multi-purpose arena head out like the hockey is good so first of all you get to see a really good hockey team second of all you get to be in an awesome environment in terms of what a college hockey arena can possibly be i mean we 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 talked about it a couple of weeks ago when they were up in uh, pennsylvania and it it gave us memories of uh oceanside (laughs) which uh not to not to Pennsylvania up pennsylvania but (laughs) Um but again like go out there have uh Shaquille O'Neal's chicken sandwich. I really like that one. That place, that place is awesome.
2: Yeah. Go support hockey. Yeah, uh and with the Coyotes being an absolute wagon now, um the uh it, it's The Party Barn. Yeah, if you're going if you want to if you want to go, you know, and actually be able to get in for a reasonable price. ASU is the place to go for for that because, you know, again, the Coyotes keep winning, so their tickets aren't going to be um, that uh, cheap to get into because, you know, of the size of that arena. Didn't know this was a Coyotes podcast, but here it's we not are. A co- I just uh, got to mention how much of a wagon they are, Jeremy.
1: Women's basketball, they are not a wagon. They're, uh, they've are they lost two in a row. Uh, they lost, lost a couple of wheels on the wagon, and that's what happened. Yeah, they lost two in a row to Utah. And to Colorado, both really good teams. Fifty-eight to forty-one against Utah, lowest points of the season. Forty-one points, not good. And then eighty-one to sixty-eight against Colorado last Sunday. Jesse, you were at the swim meet this past weekend. Tell us.
2: Yeah. How uh, is Leon Marchand? Yeah, I don't know how hard he was going against GCU, uh, but he's really good. And watch him in the Olympics because it just looked effortless out there for him. Uh, can't wait to watch the Olympics this summer, and you know, also watch ASU's um, NCAA tournament stuff because he's going to win it a lot. I mean, he's the world record holder in the four hundred IM, so it's pretty crazy. Beat Michael Phelps' record. He's on Arizona State. Like, uh, unfortunately, there's no more opportunities to go out and see him at ASU this season. So, it's time to. You know you gotta watch him on TV, but he'll also be representing his home country of France at the Paris Olympics, um, which is in in itself is an awesome story. Um, So that's that's my takeaway from swimming. And it's not just him though with this this swim team, Uh, both both men's and women's swimming uh, and diving. They're both really good. They've got some really really good swimmers on that team. Just. They're they're distance teams too, sixteen fifty teams. Whew, uh, those those uh, swimmers really impressed me. Jesse, our swim and dive
1: expert, as uh, his brother did compete at the collegiate level.
2: My brother competed at the comp- collegiate level and is currently a coach in uh, Tampa, Florida. Well, so.
1: thank you for your expertise, Jesse. We appreciate yeah, it. Swimming. That's going to do it for this edition of State of the Sun Devils. Thank you so much for listening. Again, thank you so much to Coach Dillingham for joining us this episode. We appreciate it. And hope he uh, gets better with his uh, with his leg. Uh, yeah. Yes, and you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Threads. We have Threads. At AZ Sports Devils, that's our handle on every single thing. You can find all the articles and videos that we post on ArizonaSports.com and the Arizona Sports app. We do almost every episode of this podcast on video, so if you feel like you're left out please go and check out the YouTube channel of Arizona Sports and check us out there. But for now, thank you so much for listening. From Mitchell and Jesse Morrison, my good friends. Good friends. I'm Jeremy Schnell. We'll talk to you soon.